Welcome, everyone, to the Mind Your OT Business podcast, where we empower and equip occupational therapy practitioners to be savvy and successful entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Laura Park Figueroa. Ready to take action? Let's jump in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 22 of Mind Your OT Business. I realized that we never really celebrated the one-year anniversary of Mind Your OT Business because of all the coronavirus craziness that is going on right now. I'm recording this April of 2020, and the one-year anniversary of this podcast was March 19th, right when my whole town went on lockdown and our worlds were upended. So, yay! We've done 21 episodes, and we've been going for a year. We have over 13, almost 14,000 unique downloads of the podcast, and I just want to take a second to celebrate that and welcome you to the listener base. If you are listening for the first time, welcome. We have a Facebook group. If you would like to join it to talk about the podcast, that is where you can connect with other listeners and engage in conversation about the topics that you hear on the podcast. So there will be a discussion thread for each episode, and you can post questions there and engage in conversation. You can find it at Mind Your OT Business on Facebook. If you go to Facebook and type in Mind Your OT Business Group, you'll find it. So welcome, everyone. And yay, we've been doing this for a year now, and I have no plans to stop. I love doing this podcast for all of you and just to inspire and equip you guys to be really savvy entrepreneurs as occupational therapy practitioners. It's so exciting. So I hope that all of you are adapting to our new reality with coronavirus and all of us being shelter in place and just the the major changes that it's made to a lot of businesses. I have been thinking of so many of you that are out there running practices and businesses that have been hard hit by this. My practice has as well. Um, but I am adapting. It is, it is a process. Uh, there is a theory in occupational therapy called occupational adaptation theory. And one of the things I love about it is that it talks about how the process of adaptation when it first starts is very messy. It's called in the theory, it's called hypermobile responses. Basically, we try a bunch of things, right? We try one thing and that doesn't work. And then we try another thing. And slowly as the process of adaptation happens, we settle into new routines and new normal sense of reality, essentially. And so I think that that is a really good picture of what a lot of us are going through. And I've been thinking of all of you, and I hope that you are not going through this alone, that you're reaching out to others, and that you're getting the resources you need to navigate this crisis. Give yourself grace, guys. It is an unprecedented time. So, And yet, it's also a time for opportunity. It's a time to reflect and to think about what we really want our businesses to look like in the future and to pivot a little bit as all good occupational therapists and business owners do. So along those lines, I have a couple of announcements to make before I introduce our fabulous guest for today, who I have wanted to interview for a very long time. She is the practice manager of my practice, Outdoor Kids OT. Her name is Nicole Storms, and she runs a business called Your Admin Solution. She is going to talk with us about the three mistakes that she sees many, many business owners make. And I'm going to tell you more about her in just a little bit. But that's your teaser. you got to stick around because you don't want to be making these mistakes in your own business. But I'm going to give you a couple of announcements first. 
So if you have not heard about it yet, Trish Williams and I, uh, Trish Williams is the owner of Spring OT in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And I interviewed her on a previous episode of Mind Your OT Business. And we decided that we were going to plan the OT Entrepreneur Summit. This is an online event that is going to happen in May. It is still happening. We are just now launching all of the marketing for it. You will be seeing more about it on social media. And basically, the idea is that we wanted to get a team of expert OT entrepreneurs together to share the behind the scenes and be really transparent with you about how they achieved a great level of success in their business in a variety of different areas. So we've gathered a expert panel of 16, I believe, different people. And we are going to be discussing things like growing your audience through storytelling, diversifying revenue streams. Very important, right? We learned this in the COVID-19 crisis that we need a diverse source. We need diverse sources of revenue in our businesses. We're going to talk about copywriting. We're going to talk about using social media to build connections with people and grow your leads and extend your reach. We're going to talk about podcasting, crowdfunding, online course building, publishing books, uh, financial viability of your business, managing business finances, how to think like a CEO, how to price your services. So many topics, I can't even list them all, but I think that gives you a picture of how valuable this content will be. We have specifically asked speakers to be transparent, to give you the content that you wouldn't get just by following someone on social media or by looking at free content on social media. And I think our speakers really delivered. They are also going to provide you with a freebie. So a PDF, a checklist, a how-to guide, something to help you implement and take action on the things that you learn in the summit interviews. So Trish and I are so excited. It is just astounding how valuable this is going to be for people who are entrepreneurs or who are interested in becoming entrepreneurs. So if you are interested, go to otentrepreneursummit.com to join the waitlist for when we open registration and you will be added to that waitlist and you will get to see all the information about the different speakers and the topics there. We're building out the speaker page. It should be done soon, but there's content constantly being added. The list of speakers is there with the topics and you will be able to see how valuable it really will be. So join the waitlist there, otentrepreneursummit.com. Okay, second announcement, and then I'm going to dive into the interview with Nicole. Many of you know that I have been planning for many months to launch a group coaching program. I have done individual coaching for quite a while now, and I have a lot of content that I have created into a systematic program now that I am going to launch. It is called the Business Bedrocks Group Coaching Program. The reason I designed this program is because of the problems that I see lots of entrepreneurs have in their businesses. So a lot of people are not set up for success when they start their business. And I get it, right? It's about trying to just juggle all the things as an entrepreneur. And in the beginning, you're really trying to just kind of get started and it can feel overwhelming and crazy and uncertain. So the reason I created this program is to take away some of that overwhelm and to help you have a systematic way in a 10-week program to set up systems for the four areas that I believe are the bedrocks of all 
businesses, the bedrock foundation that all businesses need. And those are mindset, operations, finances, and marketing. You need to have really clear systems set up in all of those areas. You need to have those areas set in order for your business to be successful in the future. So in this program, it is going to be a structured program from June until August of this year. And we are going to go through these areas together and actually focus on the doing to get things set up in your business. This is not going to be a self-paced kind of program. We are going to be doing things together at the same time so that you're, you have some accountability to get things done. We're going to get your mindset right to think like an entrepreneur and like a CEO because it's very different than thinking like a therapist. And there are proven strategies you can use to change your mindset and to keep your mindset in the right place. We're going to have you set up systems, standard operating procedures, which is a term that you will hear in this upcoming interview. Standard operating procedures or SOPs, as some people say, you're going to set up SOPs and systems in your business during this program so that your business runs as smoothly and efficiently as possible in an automated way as much as possible. We're going to set up systems for your business budgeting so that you can stop worrying about money in your business. And we're going to focus a large part of the time on marketing in a way that feels authentic to who you are, not icky and salesy. Because as business owners, we constantly have to be selling our services, right? But I think there are ways that we can do that in an authentic way that feels good with who we are, not feeling gross like we're having to sell, sell, sell. We're going to do some real practice of copywriting, the art of writing for your ideal customer, and also focus on looking at our website copy, the the words on our website, and our print materials as well if you want to distribute printed materials in your local community about your business. So that's it. Mindset, operations, finance, and marketing. The structure of the program is going to be a combination of master classes that you can consume on your own time, and then group calls where we're all together talking about the work that we've done on our businesses. Again, the focus is on doing to help you set up that bedrock foundation for the future success of your business. So if you are interested, you can go to the Mind Your OT Business page at mindyourotbusiness.com to the website, and there will be a link on that very first page that you can click on to go get all the information you could possibly want about the Business Bedrocks Group Coaching Program. And if you sign up by May 1st, I'm going to give you a free ticket to the OT Entrepreneur Summit, because I'm hoping the summit will get you energized and excited about running your own business. And then the group coaching program right after the summit starting in June will really help you take action on a lot of what you learn during the summit. So go to mindyourotbusiness.com and you can get more information there. Now let's dive into this conversation with Nicole Storms. I have wanted to bring Nicole on the podcast for many, many months now. She is a certified OT assistant and an online business manager. I met Nicole after my second year in business. I had three employees and I was completely overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed. And I had been keeping a list of things that I wanted to outsource for a very long time because I had stupidly not listened to the advice that I had heard that you should hire an administrative person first before you hire employees. I had done the opposite. I hired employees first and then 
got overwhelmed and needed administrative help on the back end of the business. I found Nicole on Facebook, of all places, and we connected, and she talked with me about what I needed help with, and we started working together. And as we have worked together over the last several years, Nicole has just proven that she is so much more than just, quote, administrative help, okay? She a, a truly good online business manager, what they should do for you is they should provide fabulous customer service. They should be a behind-the-scenes systems expert who creates systems to help your business actually function in a more efficient and effective way. And they should really have the best interest of your business in mind, I think. That is something I really pre- appreciate about Nicole. She's not just doing the tasks that I'm asking her to help me with. She is taking initiative to say, I think there might be a better way to do this. Or what about doing this instead? Or what about creating a system for this? Like just so much more than just administrative help. And Nicole is actually the whole reason that this podcast exists, because when I started thinking about doing a podcast, I chatted with her a bit about should I do business? Should I do something related to kids? And she really encouraged me to start a podcast about business for OT entrepreneurs. And I'm so glad I did. She was so right that this is really where my passion lies. Just in, I'm obsessed with business. And this has been just the one of the greatest things I feel I've, I've accomplished in my career is creating this platform to share OT entrepreneur wisdom with everyone through this podcast. So it's been a wild ride, super fun. And I'm so thankful to Nicole for encouraging me past my imposter syndrome during that first conversation we had about a year and a half ago, probably. I just know you're going to love her and you're going to learn so much from this interview. So let's dive in and find out more about Nicole's business, Your Admin Solution, and hear what she thinks are the top three mistakes that she sees business owners make. I'd want to welcome you to the Mind Your OT Business Podcast, Nicole Storms, one of my favorite people in the world. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I'm kind of happy to be here. (laughs) Yes. Well, okay. So let's talk with everyone about that. So Nicole and I were speaking before um, the recording button got hit about how she's such a background person. She works behind the scenes. She loves doing that. She's very good at it. And we're going to talk about your business in a minute. And one of the things that you mentioned was that you're nervous to do this, to go on a podcast, but you know that it's a growth opportunity for you and that you're doing it anyway. And I just want to applaud that. I think that is amazing to take a small risk when you don't feel comfortable. So (laughs) I'm, I'm really proud of you doing it. And I know, I I think because, because I know that you're going to help so many people by what you have to share today. So let's talk about your business. Um, so Nicole is the Outdoor Kids OT practice manager. So she started out helping me with Outdoor Kids OT, doing administrative things, and quickly showed me that she is much more than just an administrative assistant. And she really helps me think strategically about the business and about the systems that we have in place in our business. And so she is what we call our practice manager now. And I'll kind of describe um, what you said about your admin solution, your business. 
Um, you wrote, we help therapists take care of their to-dos by providing ongoing administrative support to small and micro private practices. We are the buffer between you and your clients that you didn't know you needed. We follow up on tasks, have the hard conversations about payments, and take care of the phone calls and emails that you don't have time for. Yes, this is what you do. <laughs> I will that say is what I do. that is what you do. And it, is, it has been so helpful to me and to the staff at Outdoor Kids OT to have you just in charge of all of these details that have to happen when you're, when you're running a private practice. So yes. I'm thankful for you. Oh, thank you. I love what I do. Is there anything else you want to add about your business or does that kind of describe it? I think that's pretty much it. I mean, every client I work with, I do a little bit, things that are a little bit different, um, what their needs are different, but mm -hmm. I'm pretty much the mom of, <laughs> I like to think of myself <laughs> as the mom of the practice. I right. know where everybody is supposed to be and what they're supposed to be doing. And I'm trying to make sure that they, everything gets done. Yeah. Well, I can attest that the things you listed are true, absolutely true. And it's just been such a godsend to me. And I've talked about you on previous episodes of the podcast, as I know you know. I've always mentioned yes. you like, I love you, Nicole. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I get uh, lots of emails after those. <laughs> oh, do you? Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that it's sending business your way. So that's, that is one thing we should say at the very beginning. So you are currently not taking new ongoing clients, correct? No, I, well, I'm taking, I have a waiting list of mm -hmm. people okay. who are interested and I'd usually just have people email me and I, or we have a quick call and I just jot down information about their practice because occasionally little things will pop up or, um, occasionally practices that I work with, you know, we've, we've hit such a growth stage that I really tell them, you know, it's time for you to hire a full-time person, um, okay. on site. So there, there do openings do come up, but I don't have any openings like this very, no. Right. And you are, you do do a little bit of like one-off consulting, right? If people need help setting up a system or something like a couple of hours here or there. So yeah, that's actually one of the most popular services I provide. It's just therapists, small practitioners who just need basically a sounding board. They need mm -hmm. someone else to say, okay, this is what I'm thinking I'm going to do. Um, this is insurance I'm interested in joining. Where do I go for this? Um, and those are just quick one-off, usually 90 minute calls. Okay. And they can schedule when they want. Okay, so that is something that if people listen to this interview and they feel like there's a certain specific thing that they need help with, they might be able to contact you for it. Sure, absolutely. Okay, so, so tell us, let's, let's go back a little bit and tell us about how you started your business and now what it looks like today. <laughs> okay, um, it's kind of a long story, so I'll just give you the very condensed okay. <laughs> section. I was a pediatric, well, am a pediatric CODA. I've worked for, I think, 19 years um, in that realm total. And first for a private clinic, and then I went, to this, I went to school based. And while I was working in the private clinic, I had the opportunity, because it was such a private, small, tiny little clinic, yeah. to, to hone my admin skills, customer service, family, family consulting, um, as well as I was able to go to some HR and contract negotiation training, okay. which was wonderful. And I found that I really loved that back-end work of the therapy business. I love to strategize and figuring out the profit margin yeah. and that sort of thing. So. I went to school-based and I was often tapped there too and brought on to way, way too many committees as school-based therapists often right. are um, to, to bring those skills to the table there. So I knew I liked that and I took um, a year off after having a surprise fourth baby 
and that, <laughs> that gave me a chance. It happens. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Very surprised, fourth baby. Don't ever throw a a no more babies garage sale because that's oh. what it will happen. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Um, and then it gave me a chance to really evaluate what I was frustrated with about working, what I what I wanted to do, where my passion was. I also live in a very very rural area, very okay, snowy yeah. rural area, and that that played a part too. I have four children, and my husband works out of town, so I just really thought about you know my world and my life and what did I what I wanted it to look like, and. I did a bunch of research and thought about going into bookkeeping for a while and a couple other virtual type of jobs, mm-hmm. but I wa- really wanted to use my therapy background. So that's where your admin solution was born. I love it. It's such a need too for so many practitioners who do not excel in that area, but, but maybe really want to help the world, help people with yes. their, their business. And if you don't excel in the admin piece, that's really where you need to get yes. the support. There are a lot of opportunities for therapists outside of the traditional therapy realm. Um, mm-hmm. We definitely have a need for marketing people with a therapy background. We need social media people with a therapy background. Yep. So don't feel limited. <laughs> yeah, right. Actually, it's something that other people could be thinking about doing too. That might, this yes. episode might be helpful for that too. Yep. When you started, how many, how many practices did you, how did you start out? How did you get your first client? Um, my first client was actually uh, my local chiropractor. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, yeah, she was needed help one day. Her receptionist was gone and I said, hey, I, can, I can do that from home if you want, if you need help just temporarily. Um, and then once I started working with her, she, <laughs> she really wanted more and more and more. Right. Um, my other clients have come mainly from social media, Facebook. I in, unintentionally, like you, Laura, I simply answered a question that you had on a Facebook group and I was trying to be helpful. And, uh-huh. and then we had a conversation and you said, no, I want you to do it. So that's how most of my clients have come to me or word of mouth. Yes. Pretty much when I got on the phone with you, I was like, no, I don't want anyone else. Like, <laughs> tell me what you charge and I will, <laughs> yeah. I will pay you. Um, because, because I think and this has been mentioned, I think, in previous interviews, I can't remember when, but there's something about um, when you, now you're an independent contractor, that should be really clear. You're not an employee of Outdoor Kids OT. So you set your rate, we, we have a contract, that's how it is, right? But since, we, since you and I do work pretty closely together on things related to the business, I had a very strong intuition from that very first phone call with you that you were a person who I would feel confident representing my business to parents, to customers, to people in the community that you might have to talk. I mean, not obviously talk with on the phone or email (laughs) because you're in New York and I'm in California. But, um, (laughs) But I felt just intuitively, I felt a sense that you would be an excellent representative of my practice. Like, And that's something that you can't really you might be able to train someone to do that, but there really has to be some, some skill there as far as knowing how to provide good customer service um, yeah. or else you're going to have a hard time setting up <laughs> the person for success and, and your business for success and working with that person, right? So, yeah. Well, I'm glad um, that you got that sense from our first phone call. <laughs> yeah, I no, of that. course, because it just was, you were just very professional on the phone and... Um, 
I guess a question came up for me. I'm going to go a little off the, off the script here, but what do you think are, are things that people should look for? Because a lot of times you'll hear like you could, you could hire a VA for $5 to do that admin task or whatever. And that may be true for some things like making mm-hmm. Canva image, images or things like that for social media. But, but what do you think someone should look for when they're going to hire someone for an administrative role? Because some things yeah. can be trained and other things a person they should can. have. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. And actually, I'll, I'll hit on that a little bit too later in our conversation about mistakes that people make in, um, in their practices. But okay. I, I would say the number one thing, um, well, I've always been one to say you get what you pay for. <laughs> right. And uh, although the $5 VAs are great for so many businesses, they absolutely are, you know, foreign VAs who do flyers and things like that. In practices, I don't recommend them simply because you're dealing with a lot of HIPAA compliant information. And yeah, I would not feel comfortable sending any of that anywhere where I wasn't sure of the laws and the regulations and things like that. Yes. But I, I would say that the number one thing for me is you can sense, use your intuition to sense investment. Is that person invested in your business? Are they interested in making it grow? Are they interested in what you want to happen there? Or are they simply... Uh, a VA where you can say, I want this, this, and this done. And they do those three tasks, but they don't look to improve, to systematize, to, to really elevate the business. Yes. Pay, pay for whichever one of those you want. You know, you can get the yeah. MBA that's, that will just do A, B, and C, and that will be a lower rate. And that might be exactly what your practice needs right now. Or you can pay, you know, more money for someone who is more invested and you're going to get what you pay for. It just depends on, evaluate your personal situation and see what you need. Oh, that's such, that is such a great way to describe it because I'm thinking of just our conversation yesterday on our, we, we have bi-monthly calls or bi-weekly, bi-monthly, twice a month calls, (laughs) (laughs) whatever that is. Um, and uh, just on our call yesterday, Nicole, the, the new system that you mapped out for monitoring our wait lists and that, that's like, that's something that I didn't ask you to do. But you took initiative, you saw that there was a better way for us to be able to streamline things to get the therapist input, but also allowing us to see the, the forms that the family has filled out to, to figure out who is the best child to fit into this spot and this group from the current wait list or whatever. It, it just, that is a perfect example of, of me getting what I'm paying for, essentially, <laughs> because yes. you're, you're someone who thinks about the the overall business, the, the systems and the strategy and the things that you need to make the business scale and grow bigger. And you're, mm-hmm. I also have to say, you're my biggest cheerleader. You're always thinking I'm going to do great <laughs> things. And I'm like, oh, I'll you never are? do that. You're like, oh, yes, you will. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Well, great. Yeah. And my goal is always, I tell clients right from the get-go that my goal for my ongoing um, business management clients or practice management clients is that they will outgrow me. That's the point. No, Um, I'm not going to ever outgrow you. I will stay small. You'll just keep keep morphing my position. I know. Um, That's the goal. And and you should find someone who's invested and who is self-directed. You know, you don't want to have to tell them every little task that that doesn't save you time if you have to keep telling them what to do. Yes. Find someone who takes initiative. That's great. Great advice. (laughs) <laughs> so, okay. So today you're working in your business, you're working with me and one other pretty larger client, right? And then you're doing your, your kind of small consults on a one-off yep. basis. So that's yep. kind right of Right now what I you're... have 
two bigger clients um, and then one smaller kind of ongoing client. And then I mm-hmm. do these one off calls to try to set up, um, help people just work through some little bumps in their business. Right. Think, th- you know, think through and have it just another set of years. And those, that seems to be pretty popular, more popular than I anticipated. But um, yeah, I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's, you're making a huge, a huge need in the market. I can tell you. I'm sure you know this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I had more time. Maybe when my kids are bigger, I'll bring on some more people. And- well, I'm always talking to you about growing it too, but it's, it is like the, the idea of, of hiring someone. It's, it's the same with your business being an uh, administrative business management kind of business. It's the same issue that practices have. Like if you grow, there are, there are new systems and new things you have to manage. And so sometimes thoughtful growth is the best way for a business to move forward, right? So right now, we've, we, you and I have talked privately about this a lot, about just knowing that right now what your priorities are, like you have four children and they're all still in your home, you know? Like yes. It's, you, you don't, maybe you don't want to be growing it, but in 10 years, maybe you want to grow it and you hire a few people and then you can serve more people. And so yeah. just being thoughtful about when you, when you grow, I've noticed that about you and I love it. So <laughs> thanks. Okay. So you, because of the work you do, you get to see behind the scenes a tiny bit at a bunch of different businesses, basically. And you've, you've seen the true back end. So um, I know sometimes the front of a business can look very well put together and the back end can be a total hot mess. So, so you, yes. in your job, you get to see behind the scenes. You get to see the hot mess a lot of the time. Um, I do, yeah. <laughs> the pain points. So, Yes, right. The, the painful things. So um, we've structured this. We decided to structure our conversation for the Mind Your OT Business podcast listeners kind of in a different way than we normally do the interviews on here. And I'm super excited because it is a mystery, everyone. Like, I don't know what Nicole is going to say, but we are structuring this interview based on the three biggest mistakes that Nicole sees business owners make. Okay, so I don't know what she's going to say. And I was joking that maybe some of these things she's learned from my practice. <laughs> I don't know. But, you never know. But you never know. But, um, but I will listen because I really, trust, I really trust your insight based on your experience and your expertise that you have in this area. So let's dive right in. And what is the, the first big mistake you see business owners make? I would say this is not probably the biggest mistake, but probably number three. Um, we'll go first. We'll okay. Go. Three to one. <laughs> not having SOPs in place. And probably everyone's going, what are SOPs? <laughs> um, and that's more of a standard. business management term, standard yeah. operating procedures. Yes, exactly. And that, that's something you know, Laura, that I'm constantly doing in your business is yeah. taking every little task that we do and breaking it down into the most minute little tiny pieces so that we make sure that every customer experience as they come on is exactly the same. You know, you don't have, you don't have to worry about dropping the ball. You know that everything's laid out, everything for, from onboarding to accounting to every little portion is laid out. And this also allows you to be able to eventually delegate some of that work. So the first thing is that almost every small practice doesn't have these in place. And it's, it is time consuming and it's kind of a pain. It's not really exciting to do. Right. But I would highly encourage um, all practitioners to create a basic framework of, okay, when someone calls, what happens? 
Yes. How, what paperwork do we send? Where Do we have that paperwork all in a central place? Is it organized? Can someone easily step in and do that for me? When someone leaves the practice, do we send them a an exit survey? Do we um, investigate why they might be leaving? What do we do for social media? How, re- how regularly do we do that? Where do we pull information? Um, yeah. All those things can be broken down and put into SOPs. And this doesn't have to be anything, you know, big and formal, but I would highly encourage people to look into programs like Trello, that, which you've mentioned, or Asana, yeah. or um, even Google Docs would, do, would work okay, as long as it's something that you can continually update and monitor. Um, I even have SOPs within my business to actually go back and look at SOPs <laughs> to make yeah. sure that they are up to date. You know, every six months I go back and say, okay, are these still current? Can we change these? Is there a way that we could make this flow better? It helps you from dropping the ball because so many therapists I talk to have so much in their head that they're trying to manage. Yeah. And it's taking up so much brain space, so much energy, so much time. And if they just wrote things down, then they could pull out there. Okay, this is my end of the month checklist. This is yes. the beginning of the month checklist. Yes, absolutely. Help, helps to free up time, space, and energy. Yeah, it offloads it out of your brain so that you're not stressed out laying in bed at night like, oh, I forgot to blah, yes. blah, blah, you know? <laughs> exactly. You have a checklist, you know that it's done. And then you can bring on someone else to take care of those tasks. You figure out what you like and don't like and then give it to someone who likes it. <laughs> Yeah. And that's actually one of the things that I tell people to do, because when when I first when we first had that phone call, I think I had already even our very first initial phone call a couple. It's been two years now. We're entering our third year working together. Right. Yeah. Yep. So. So two years ago, we had that phone call right around this time of year. I think it was February, actually, almost exactly two years. And I remember I had started thinking about hiring someone to help with a lot of the administrative tasks. And I had a Trello board that had lists of things on it, right? Yes. Did I, had I shared yes. that with you yes, already you or maybe after our phone call? Nope. Yep. You shared it. Um, we handed and, it over. <laughs> and we, and we went through and, and you were really honest with me. And this is what I would encourage people to do even from the very, very first day of starting your business, because you might want to just be a solopreneur forever, but that doesn't mean like not have employees. I mean, but you, <laughs> you still might need help with the admin tasks, even if it's just you working in the business that like yes. it will free up more time for you to make more money if you have help with some of the admin tasks. So from the very beginning, start writing down those lists, like what Nicole is talking about, like what, what are the operating procedures and also write down lists of tasks. These are, maybe it's a little different than SOPs, but that, that no, don't, tasks too. Yep. yeah, tasks too that don't necessarily require you as the business owner to be doing those things, things like generating invoices or super bills or things like that, that, yep. that someone could easily take that over for you. And it would be a huge load off of your free up a lot of time for you. Yes. Um, And there's around this same topic too, I just want to throw this out there is um, a lot of practice owners actually have a lot of anxiety about, because I talked to so many, about if something happened to them, what happens? And I would encourage you to, you know, it's not exactly an SOP, but kind of um, have a lot of, write down all this information and tell your husband or your significant other, if something happens to me, this is where you find this information. This is what you tell people. This is what you do. Um, just like when, you know, people are concerned about what happens with their children if something happened to them. A lot of practice owners, I was surprised to hear, have a lot mm-hmm. of anxiety around that. So, you know, please create a, a binder or some kind of instructional person that a trusted person could take care of for you. That's great advice. I need to do that. 
Yeah. I always <laughs> just say to Jose, to my husband, if anything happens to me, Nicole can run the business. She knows what to do. <laughs> we'll make she has do, everything but... written down in Trello and she would, she would be able to tell you what to do, which Aww. is not, not the kind of plan that you're talking about. <laughs> you're talking about yeah. actually writing out a plan, which I need to do. So, um, yeah. yes, uh, that is very good advice. And now I have a little item on my to-do list. For June <laughs> when I'm when I'm done with all of the all of the craziness of the next few months. So that is great yes. advice though. No, really it is. I mean I'm I'm kidding around about it, but it really is we we have to plan for um the the uncertainty essentially. As an entrepreneur, you have to plan for uncertainty. And that's yep. That's something you have to think about. So okay, mistake number two, shall we move on? Yes. Okay. Okay. Now this Tell one. Me mistake um, number two. <laughs> this is a big one. Um, okay. And <laughs> I see over and over again, and this is just—it's the nature of being a therapist. I think the practice owners put so much money, time, and energy into becoming better therapists. You know, they go to t- expensive trainings, or they buy fancy equipment or new technology, but they don't put that same energy into their customer experience. And really, no one is going, I feel bad saying this, but no one is going to care what great therapist you are if their experience getting to your practice or the other people in your practice or your front end or your invoicing or your billing is disorganized in a hot mess. Yeah. So that's a great point. Yes. People really need to think about, I encourage everybody to, you know, look at their practice from the moment someone at a dinner party says, oh, you should check out this, pretend you're a dentist, this right. <laughs> doc, Dr. Smiley. Okay. Mm-hmm. So first of all, is your name memorable? Will they remember how yeah. to find you when they leave that dinner party? <laughs> Will you, are they, can they find you on Google? Do you have a website? If you don't, you need one because that's exactly where everyone goes first, you know, yeah. first and foremost is to a website. Can they easily navigate your website? So put your shoes in, put yourself into the shoes of a new client, new patient, whatever you call them in your practice and walk through every tiny little step. It's, it's really eye-opening to see how confusing some people's um, websites are. That's my, one of my biggest um, pieces of advice I constantly am giving out of, okay, I look at your website. It's beautiful. It's got beautiful colors. I love the logo, blah, blah, blah. But as a person looking for your services, what I care about is your address your rates, your services, what insurances you take. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care where you went to school or what you do on your off time right now. I might go back later and say, oh, let me look at, you know, Dr. Figueroa, what does she do on, yeah. her, on her free time? But in the, that first moment, they don't, they don't care about that. And so many practices tout all their wonderful credentials. Yeah. The initial... We are certified in sensory integration therapy and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's very overwhelming to new clients. So that's the, you know, the first piece and then continue on all the way through. Okay, are you, do you send them a link to your practice on your website or in your first initial paperwork? You know, everyone uses Google Maps now. That's one way to easily, you know, just add a little bit of customer service to the experience. Yeah. Is, um what does your, your clinic look like? Is it clean? Is it tidy? Is there a nice big visible sign outside? What's the demeanor of the front desk person? Um, there's so many pieces that are never evaluated. You know, as, the, as practitioners, we're like, oh, I, I need to be recertified in SI or recertified in splinting or something. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And we don't take into account the customer service. 
there's been so many times I personally have left a practice, some kind of medical practice or because the doctor seemed great, but the rest of the experience was horrible. You know, the billing was bad. The invoicing was off. I had to constantly call or yeah. didn't answer my questions or things like that. The customer service experience is just as important as any therapy you're delivering. So please look at that. That is huge and is also something that goes right back to what we talked about at the beginning about you get what you pay for. Yes. When, you, when you have someone who is very good at the customer experience and customer service and has the interest of your business in mind, that is worth something. That, that is worth yep. more than a $5 VA. <laughs> um, exactly. So, And yeah, if you want to keep that person, like that, you know, your front, ask, front desk person, treat them well. You know, they can, if you pay the minimum wage, which I know, I know every practice is strapped and it's really, really hard. Yeah. Um, but if you pay the minimum wage, then every other minimum wage job out there is just as enticing as yours. So give them yeah. a reason to stay, make them feel appreciated, help them with their training, you know, give them customer service experience, tell them every day, thank you so much. I really loved how you did that. There's so many non, um, non-cost ways to thank a person. Yeah. And I just would encourage everyone to do that because once you find a good person, don't let them go. <laughs> They're yeah. hard to find in this, in this, from what I hear, I mean, I talked to many, many different practitioners who do interviews and I've sat in actually at a couple of interviews with them to kind of help them along in the process. And it's, it's been a little scary, um, to find, find those good fitting people. So once you get them, don't let them go. Right. No plans, no plans to do that on my end, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just, I wasn't talking about us. I, I know, I know. I'm just like, Oh, yes. I'm, I'm feeling very thankful because this is highlighting a lot of things that are, are precious to me about what you do for, for my practice. So I'm, I'm just thankful. Publicly thankful and all the private times I tell you <laughs> thank, thank you. Um, yes, you do. I never, I never worry about that. <laughs> so, Laura, okay. Laura's the client who's always saying, thank you so much. I appreciate you, <laughs> which is great. I know I need to do more of the like mailing you things. Like I, I was like, I was like, oh, I gosh, need to send no. gifts to Nicole, like <laughs> over, over in New no, York. No, no. Um, okay. So third, third mistake. Final, final one. Is this the biggest one? Um, kind of. Okay. It, it really goes back to what we were speaking about earlier. And this, I've done a lot of thinking about this recently, just because I, in order in addition to following therapists, blogs, podcasts, you know, influencers, I also follow a ton of business um, giants, as I call mm -hmm. them. Yeah. And there's this constant push. You, I really, I feel like a lot of practitioners, myself included in my business, which I'm not, you know, providing therapy at this point, but have a lot of not just self-limiting beliefs, which we've talked about, but they have so much anxiety and negativity about themselves and their practice because they're not where they think they should be prescribed by these giants of giant influencers. And I, I'm constantly doing almost a counseling with practitioners to say, listen, not every person, the reason these people are giants are because their personality serves that giantness. You know, they are assertive. They are very driven. They, yeah. they believe strongly in their, what they're doing, but but we as therapists more, know more than anyone else that personalities matter and not everybody 
is meant, and this probably goes back to my own little insecurities about, I am a back-end person and that's okay. And not everybody needs to feel like they need to bring four therapists on under them and that they need to scale up to this huge clinic. Mm. You know, think about really what your occupation means to you as therapists. We need to do this. Yeah, what, that's what great. Matters to, what matters to me? What, you know, there is so much, um, I would say there's nobility in occupation. It is okay if you want to still just treat people, then hire the pieces of your business that you don't want to do. So for example, you are in one case, Laura, where you love the business strategy and the marketing and all those pieces. So you hired therapists to fill the other holes in the business, which was perfect. And that's what a Mm. lot of like the giant personalities tend to do. But there are quite a few therapists I talk to who just want to treat. So I recommend they hire people to fill the other holes. Hire a bookkeeper, hire a front-end person, hire a business manager to fill the other holes. It's okay if you just want to treat. You know, you can bring on a colleague, a couple colleagues if you want them to work with you so you have people to pass off or, you know, back up. But really think about what you want for your business and your life at this stage. Like you touched on it earlier about, Nicole, you've got four kids. You don't want to grow too much right now. And I am. I'm very protective of my time and I don't want to scale right now. And that's right. okay for therapists to say that as well. Don't feel pressure that you have to constantly be scaling. Now, yeah. growth is important and everybody, you know, but every stage is different in where you're growing. You know, you might be, you know, professionally growing and that you're taking your PhD yeah. or you, <laughs> you might be just growing and, you know, I'm learning a lot about business and I'm growing there. But don't feel pressure to, to be this great um, go moving up to the next level constantly. It yeah. doesn't have to always be that way. There are portions of your life and times of your life where it's okay to just, you know, paddle along. You don't have to be diving. Mm. Um, yeah. So there's so many, I, I talk to a lot of practitioners who are just want to give up because they feel like they're not that great business person. And you don't have to be, you just have to be the therapist and hire the people to fill the holes that you're not. Oh, that is like, that's such good advice. Like I, I feel like I just need to let that sit for a minute because (laughs) truly, because I feel like now one, I think it's hilarious that you think I'm a big personality. You no, we were. I I always say I can see you being a giant because you're driven. You are very driven, and you have that personality. I do not. Not that I'm not driven, but I do not have the. You know, I'm not assertive like that. I wish I was, but I'm not. (laughs) Well, but but that's. That's the beauty of the world. That's why I feel like I need to let this sink in. It's like, I, um, I love what you said as far as like, everybody has gifts and everybody has things that they're really good at and that it's okay to lean into those strengths that you have and what, because that ultimately is going to make your life what feels most fulfilling to you. You know, it's exactly. like a thoughtful, a thoughtful approach to business ownership and not trying yes. to be something that you're not just because everybody else says that's what you should do as an entrepreneur. Exactly. I talk to a lot of clinicians actually who have scaled and they're, they're so, so sad. They're just disappointed. Huh, yeah. They're frustrated. They're not content because that's not what they were meant to do. And they felt like that's what the only path was, was yeah. to bring on these therapists and, and make this passive income that truly is never really passive. Um, no, there's no such a lot thing of as passive income. There's not. Yes. So just be really mindful and thoughtful about what path you're on, what you want it to look like. Maybe it's okay if you want to take Medicaid and, and work, you know, just know I'm not going to make a ton of money. I'm going to work with these families who have no right. one else. And that's okay. That's right. the occupation that you want. You don't have to, you know, be this person 
sitting on a yacht drinking right. margaritas and <laughs> rich off your passive income. Like right, that doesn't right. have to be that way. Right. And also there's some, I mean, there's something to be said too. I think at, at the same time, I just loved how you said it. I cannot wait to re-listen to this episode <laughs> because you, you just said it so beautifully. Like, I, I think at the same time that we can that we can make our lives what we want. Part of that is knowing that if you want to do something that is outside of your comfort zone, you can do that. You know, mm-hmm. you, can, you can grow and change in areas. You can learn Absolutely. to be a better business owner. But, but I think more what you're, what you're saying is be thoughtful about how you grow your business. Have, have a vision for what you really love to do and what you want it to look like five years, 10 years down the line so that yes. you're not just doing things that other people say you should do because you need to be this entrepreneur who's awesome and has, you know, scaled to a million dollars or whatever. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's their goal. That's not, that doesn't have to be your goal and it's okay. Just, yeah, it's I, so sad to me that all these therapists are working so hard to do what they think they should be doing instead of just, you know, taking a step back and re-evaluating their stage in life their goals. What do they want? You know, what do they like to do? They forget what they like to do because they're so busy trying to become um, like great business managers and not everyone is meant to be a great business manager. So they're frustrated and... Right. It doesn't feed their soul the way it might feed someone's soul that really loves the strategy and the business and the marketing and all of that stuff. Yes. And I can tell within two minutes of the conversation, generally, what kind of person I'm talking to. And you know, I, of course, don't say it, but I know generally where I think they should go. Um, but it, it's more important that they discover that for themselves. So, well, that's true. That is true. But this is helpful to me, too, hearing this. I mean, this is really, this is probably one of the most poignant moments I've had <laughs> interviewing anyone on the podcast. I'm serious. I'm, I'm being very serious. That's so ironic. I'm, yeah, <laughs> because I talk to you all the time. <laughs> but, yeah. but I... Yeah, I'm I'm almost speechless and I, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of how to articulate it really well. I mean, I think it it will stand it will oh, that's what I was gonna say. I I feel like this is helping me think about when I do business coaching with with clients. And it's giving yeah. me a new lens through which to see people to really say like because I tend to assume that everyone that I'm coaching in their business practices wants to be the business entrepreneur scaling up, you know, all that. <laughs> right. And, and I need to listen more as a, as a coach. Cause that's a huge part of coaching is really listening and, and, mm-hmm. and trying to really get inside the head of, of what someone else is experiencing in their business and then how you can help them problem solve to, to kind of move forward in some of the areas that are, that are tricky. Right. Yes. But this am- lens helps me see that like, I probably need to be spending more time with people than I currently am talking with them about their, that I do always on an intake call, I always do the visioning for like, what are your big goals right now? And what are you, what do you see, you know, in, in a few years, what, what do you think your practice with? That's one of the questions on my intake yes. form. But, but it is helpful to have this conversation and really realize that I want to be more um, intentional and individualized in like really looking at this as a 
as a specific issue, you know, like, is this person someone who wants to be the high level business manager or do they really enjoy the one-on-one um, work with clients and don't want to, don't want to scale beyond that to be just the business manager? Because at some point, if you grow larger, I don't know many people that are still running a larger practice. I'm talking with like four or five, six therapists, even, you know, part-time mm-hmm. even, because you're managing a lot in that case that are still providing direct treatment on a daily basis because it's just really hard to do that. So great. That is a great yes. point. Yep. It, and it's just, I, I think I've noticed even I have an intake as well when people call for my like initial little systems calls uh-huh. and what they, what they put on the paper is often, I want to, I think I want to scale to be whatever. But then once I start talking to them, <laughs> I find that that's really, you know, the part that lights up their conversation is the treatment ideas or, yeah. you know, for every person a little bit different. But yeah, I just would encourage people to be truer to themselves about what they're doing. They don't have to follow what just what the giants have said that they need to do. If that's not really, really picture what that life looks like. Do you really want to be that big? If you do, that's fantastic. We absolutely need people in the industry like that. But yeah. if you don't want to be flying all over the U.S. or you don't want to, you know, whatever that, that thing is, um, look at what the context of that situation is and make sure it's what you want before you start heading that direction. Yeah, that, that three to five year visioning can be really helpful. You know, mm-hmm. having, a, having a good, hard, you know, conversation with yourself about maybe even just journaling after you listen to this episode about like, what really do you want for your business in three to five years? I might do this today when I go on my hike. Like I, I, I really feel like that is something that as business, often when you're running a business, even with great, (laughs) great help, like Nicole gives me, (laughs) it it becomes, I mean, there's always more to do always. Right. So yes, it's constant. So you, you, it becomes where you don't slow down and actually stop and say, wait a second, it, are, we, are we on the right road to where we eventually want to go in three to five years, <laughs> you know? So yes. that's a good, a good way to just kind of reset yourself and think about what, it, what do you really want your life to look like? Yeah, and um, I also, it also plays into the introvert-extrovert thing that we talk about often. Yeah, Laura is an extrovert and I'm very much introverted, although I can be social in you know, many situations. But, um, and I, I often say, are you sure that's what you, that, will, that will not be draining for you? you know, if, someone, if someone is, you know, they want to be the business manager and kind of stuck in an office all day and they're a total extrovert, I'm like, are you sure that you don't want to see clients and families all day long? Or if they're introverted, I say, you know, do you, are you sure that you want to see clients all day? Because it can be extremely draining. Yeah. Perhaps like a partial, you know, a partial situation would be better. So just keep that in mind when they're doing, you know, when you're, I feel like I'm speaking out to the world when you do yeah. your journaling or your, your reflection of what you want, want to happen. So. Absolutely. It's like kind of the, the big people, the big entrepreneur mindset people, you know, who are loud on Instagram and Facebook and such. Yes. Um, oftentimes they're saying, you know, your dream life, blah, 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 like all this. But the dream life is sort of implied that it's going to be this thing that yes. they are encouraging you to aspire to. And really being, I, I'm trying to think of the right word for it, and maybe I'll come up with it later. It's not coming to me now, but thoughtful comes to my mindful. Um, I don't know, like not not needing to listen to all the noise, but really get in touch with yourself and what you want your business to look like. 
exactly. I mean, who, they say that because that's their dream. They are forgetting right. the fact that everyone, I mean, every therapist is excellent at this, is looking at them, their clients and saying, okay, what is their dream? But they don't do it for themselves. Right. And that's why the giants are always saying it. It's, well, it's their dream and it's what makes money, right? Telling people right. that you'll make a ton of money and you'll have, you know, essentially it's like they're, they're, they're selling a lifestyle, right? Yes, in, that's a good point. In many ways, that may not be what everyone, and I, I really struggle with this. I mean, I will be very honest that, you know, I see that stuff and I'm like, oh, I wish I was this super successful, awesome person, whatever. <laughs> and yet when I really think about the level of, um, and maybe this is a good example of doing exactly what you just said. When I really think about the level of work I would have to do, mm-hmm. to, like the managing the social image of that, that these people have to do, I, I don't want that. I don't want that yes. at all. You know, so it helps to kind of take a really hard look at what would it really look like if I think this dream is what I want, what would it really look like in reality? Because one of the, ah, I can't remember who, who said it. And I feel really bad because I do this on podcasts where I remember a quote and I can't remember who said it. But someone on Instagram was saying, stop comparing your other people's like outsides, their, their images on Instagram to your inside. And, right. and that's kind that's of great. like what we're seeing on social media or what you're seeing of other businesses or other people's lives is just the outside picture. And it does not tell you a thing thing about what is going on inside that person. Exactly. You know, so yes. it's, it's, or behind the scenes even of, of the business that is presented so beautifully online. So yes. um, it's just and important always, to remember that I think in today's day and age where we're inundated with social media. Absolutely. And I always tell my, I mean, I tell my teenage daughters this as well, you know, success at the end of your day, success is defined very differently for every single person. So think about what, how is success defined for you? And it might be that, you know, I want to be known all over the world. I want to have a ton of money and have that really high, you know, flying lifestyle. But it could be, you know, I'm content with my little life and my little corner and my happy family, that kind of thing, or somewhere in between. So just yes. think about, you know, what that is. What does success mean to you? And, and gear your direction of your business towards that. Yeah. And this is, this is touching a lot. And I think the reason I've stayed here <laughs> and, and kept this, I, I just, it's making so many wheels turn in my head. but also. This is touching on, um, you know, Trish Williams and I are planning that the OT Entrepreneur Summit for exactly. May. Exactly. And this is, this is exactly like this thing that you brought up about not everyone's success looks the same. It, it's like we haven't articulated it to, to say that, but it's so the ethos of this event that we are trying to create here for OT entrepreneurs or other healthcare practitioners are welcome to listen in, but it's all going to be OTs presenting. That's the ethos of this event, of this online summit that we're doing, because we feel Excellent. like as, as OT practitioners, we're, we're much, that word holistic gets thrown a lot, around a lot, but maybe that's the best word to describe what we're talking about, where you have to think holistically about business ownership and what you want as a business owner. And that is exactly why we created the summit because we didn't see another, another forum out there right now for OTs that, that was like OT-esque in its ethos. <laughs> I don't know how to describe yes. it. Like, but that's kind of what this is. It's like saying that there's all different ways of being in the world. There's all different ways of being a business owner. Success looks different to all different kinds of people. And so we've brought together these experts in like different areas of, of business. They're, they've 
they've developed expertise to help kind of support all different kinds of, of OT entrepreneurs. And so it, it resonates, I think, your last one that you said, because it, it is so aligned with, with the work that I'm doing with Trish to kind of set all that up. And so I just... Yay. Can you sign me up for that? Can I get yeah, in? <laughs> I can sign you up for it. In <laughs> fact, I'm, I'm going to send you for free because <laughs> that'll be my thank you to you for all the work Perfect. you do for us. Like, um, I'm no, serious on great. that. I mean that. Um, I'm super excited to get more information. When can we get more information on that summit? So, okay. So we're setting up the, we should have the page. Actually, by the time this comes out, it should be, it should be up. So I'm just going to say it. You can go to otentrepreneursummit.com. And you will find a waitlist there. And then we will, open, we will open registration probably end of April, early May. And it's going to be from May 11th to the 20th. And it will all be delivered over email. So you'll get an email every day with interviews with these experts. And then you're going to get some freebies that the experts have created to help you implement whatever they were talking about in their interview. And then we're going to have a free Facebook group open for... It's probably going to be from, I think we've decided mid-April to the end of May. So it's a, it's a, you know, a boundaried time. It's not like a Facebook group that's going to go on forever. Um, okay. In order to engage in, in conversation about the content that's going to be delivered. So it's not that you have to like sit in front of your computer and watch these things live at a specific time. A lot of people have been asking oh, about good. that. So yes. yeah, busy business owners, no, <laughs> we're not going to be like, clear your schedule two hours a day for 10 days straight, you know? <laughs> um, no, that sounds great. I love yeah. the, the the ability to look at it when I need to. <laughs> yeah, for me, absolutely. That's, that's and, and you'll have access to them for, you know, I don't, I don't, we haven't, that's, I can't, I'm, I'm speaking right now and not remembering what we said, but I think for a year, <laughs> maybe we were saying you'd oh, have access wow. to the interviews. So, or maybe oh, you wonderful. can download them out of your, out of your inbox so that you would have them like, um, so you can keep those to refer back to. Um, Excellent. But, but we're I'm really excited we're really focusing on people like sharing things that they wouldn't normally share. Cause a lot of the people that are the experts are people that I wanted to go deeper with that I've interviewed on the podcast. So Trish is interviewing those people because I already did them on the podcast, but, um, but basically we've asked people to really give value that they maybe wouldn't share in a free forum. So we want to, we want the interviews to be really helpful and kind of like what you've, you know, what we've talked about here is like the behind the scenes a little bit, like maybe more than you might feel comfortable sharing in a public space like Facebook or on a podcast mm-hmm. that's going to go out publicly. So um, I love it. to really provide value to people, that was our intent. So, but I just love the last thing you said, because it, fe- I was like, this is why I think this is resonating <laughs> with me so much because it, it's, it's describing the feel of what we want for, for this summit. But Anyway, okay, I've digressed. Sorry. Okay, we're almost on time, and I want you to answer these last two questions. So, yes, okay. Um, the one I always ask everyone is about fail learns. So, basically, what's the biggest mistake or failure you've ex- you've experienced in your own business, and what you learned <laughs> from it, so other people can have that learning to try to maybe avoid the same mistake or make a slightly different mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um. I would say probably, and it ties right back into what we've just been talking about, is saying yes to things that weren't necessarily in my wheelhouse or my strength or even something I wanted to do just because I thought I should be doing it. And yeah. it, just, it just created like angst and I didn't want to really, I wasn't looking forward to doing that work and I would get frustrated. Um, 
about, you know, what I was charging for that particular item. And I just, I wish now that I had been self-evaluated before I decided to say yes and thinking, okay, is this really me? Do I really want to do this? Yeah. Because it just made for a kind of a grumpy situation. So yeah, I would say saying no to things that are not in line with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So can we share the example from OKOT? Oh, yes. That is that? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not bad. It's like, so, so basically when we had our first phone call two years ago, right? I was yep. like, and I kind of need someone to manage social media. You're like, that's not really me, but I'll do it, you know, because I know <laughs> that you need someone to do it. And then you eventually outsourced, right? So you found... Yes. So, well, you went through a couple people, but, yes. but you, you eventually found someone fabulous. And then we just recently transitioned that work to individually to that person. So they are working directly with me now. And you are freed up to do more of the strategy, admin, systems, standard operating procedures type yep. stuff that you really love. Yep. And... Billing and invoicing, which is so strange that I love, but I do. I love the money piece. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and I yeah, love so you true. for loving it because that was the bane of my existence. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, yeah, definitely social media is not that. And it's so funny because so many, you're great at marketing. That When someone asked, I had someone recently contact me. She sounded wonderful, but she wanted me to create these nice Canva flyers and write copy. I... I don't want to say I'm not good at it, but I, it's so draining to me and I don't look forward to doing it at all. I dread it. So I learned that about myself. That's not my thing. Yeah. I'm just not, the creative juices drains me. So I'm better with numbers. Yeah. And that's where, that's where finding your zone of genius. We talked about that, right? Like yes. you kind of work, cause every year you and I have a conversation about, okay, like for next year, what will your role look like? What things should you take on? What should we outsource, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that was one of the things we were like, okay, let's, offload the social media, we can have her report directly to me. And then you can do more of what you love. But I, so yes. this is what, this is something I should say too, is that you weren't bad at it. It's not something, it's not something that we had ongoing conversations like, Nicole, I just need you to step up on the social media. This is not up to know. my standards. You know, none of that. Like, I mean, it was, no. it was great it was, what you were doing, it but it was, it was me. <laughs> right. But it was draining on your energy. Right. And so knowing yourself and, and knowing what, knowing what you need to put in place to kind of get out of those things and, yes, and, and be it, in the area where you feel really, really invigorated by your work is, is good advice. Yes. And I'm, I mean, I am so happy. I've taken the time to self-evaluate, look at what I want to offer. And I'm very happy in the space that I am. I look forward to work every day. Yeah. And, and therapists have that option too. They have that potential. I promise if you really look at what you love to do, you can make it work in your business. They just need to take the time to really, really be honest with themselves. Ask your spouse, ask your partner, um, what do you think? You know, what, when am I grumpy and when am I not grumpy? Yeah, um, that's a good that, point. It's very helpful to to look at things. You, I promise, if you get on the other side and actually do what you love to do, you're going to be so happy. You just got to do the work to get there. Yeah. Well, that kind of answered the last question. What's going so well <laughs> in your business right now, and how can others experience that same success? You just answered it almost. Yes. Like anything else you want to add? That's it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I just am really. I I really. I think it's just maturing as a business owner too. And I just really love. I'm really happy in the space that I am. I love the people I work with. I love what I'm doing, and and I would love or would like to see so many other therapists doing this as well. Just doing what they're meant to do. And yeah, 
not too fast. I'm not too growing too fast. I'm not too big. I'm perfectly where I'm content to be. <laughs> That's great. And I'm always going, Nicole, you should make an online course for people. To- <laughs> Nicole, you should do this. You should do it. And you're like, in 10 years, Laura, five years, maybe. <laughs> Well, I think, no, it's great. I think that's what's great about our relationship is we we balance each other very, very well. I, yeah. I'm more of like, put the brakes on. Let's make sure we're doing this systematically. Let's make sure we have the capacity to do it. And yeah. you're the, you know, you're the dreamer and the driven person. And you kind of in a business, I would encourage people when they are hiring someone in my kind of role to try to find someone who's not like you because you really do need that's both good. personalities. Yeah. Yep. I should say too, we should give you a little credit for this podcast even existing. <laughs> because do you remember the phone call? I, yeah. I, I had that phone call with you where I was like, okay, like my husband's friend is a big podcaster and he was at our house and he tried to convince me I should start a podcast and I think I'm too busy, but I'm just going to try it. And, you know, and I was like, and I need help deciding which route to go because I was thinking about doing like, Contigo Kids podcast, connection and transformation in the great outdoors for children or whatever. And like having it be more for parents and therapists about nature-based therapy. And then I had this idea for the business entrepreneurship podcast. And do you remember what you said to me? No, I remember which one I encouraged, but I don't remember what I said. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't remember exactly what you said either, but essentially, (laughs) essentially what, what you said was that this entrepreneurship piece in OT, specifically in the field of OT, is mm-hmm. it's like a, a market that has not been like there's just yes, there's just nothing out there in the podcast world that is like specifically for entrepreneurship in OT. And that, well, you were very encouraging too, and that you said <laughs> like a lot of practice owners really don't know a lot of the stuff that you and I would talk about in our phone calls or about strategy and standard opera. I mean, the stuff we've talked about on this podcast. Um, And I was like, really? They don't? And you're like, no, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) So it, that, that you are responsible for this podcast existing essentially because, (laughs) because that, that really was like the impetus for, okay, you're right. Like this is an untapped market right now. And I will say I am super encouraged that there are other OT entrepreneurship podcasts being produced right now. I know Tamiko Faison and Iris Kimberg are starting one and they are a wealth of knowledge. And I think there's room in this space for lots of of, um, podcasts to exist with different perspectives. And the more we can elevate OT entrepreneurship, the better. I'm like, so I'm excited that that's happening, but you are you are responsible for for, for this for the existence of Mind Your OT. Business. Oh no, you give me way too much credit. Oh, but it no. was a great idea. It was a great idea. You have a lot to share. Well, and so do you, obviously, from this episode. <laughs> so, how can people connect with you on? Like, where do you hang out online? Um, I am not a social media person, as we learned. <laughs> I do have a Facebook. I do have a Facebook page. I make myself post something once a month. It's not my thing. I encourage people to. Um, they can find me on my website, which is youradminsolution.com. And there should nicolestorms.com also should be pointing to that. But just in case you don't remember, okay. your admin solution. And also, just email me. You're always welcome to email me. It's nicole at youradminsolution.com. And if it's, you know, if anybody wants to have a consult call or anything like that, I, you can schedule right on my website, but um, that's about it. I'm easy, easy to find. <laughs> I, I will say, so 
I just want to add a caveat here that you should pay Nicole if you're asking her for advice. I, I, (laughs) I don't mean to, you're like, Oh, just email me. And I'm like, well, yes, except that if 15 people email you with a question. Um, so, so I usually direct them back to the website. If it's a a question that needs a conversation. Great. Great. So that I just want to be clear on that, that like a lot of times I think, um, we as, as OTs don't, don't value what we do. And that being said, we don't, then that translates to not valuing what other people do, unfortunately. And I think very much so. Yeah. I just want to be really clear that like, um, if you're getting in touch with Nicole, like that is something that needs consult, then it would be a business relationship, I guess is what I should say. Yeah. So I'm not trying to, I just wanted to be really clear because I don't want people to inundate you with emails. There's a lot of people downloading this podcast <laughs> now. True. Um, and I don't yeah, want people true. inundating you with emails with a quick question that becomes like 25 emails or 15 emails that is a quick question or whatever. So just, that's a good just point. Be, See? you know, be kind and respectful OTs. Like I know all of our listeners are. So, okay. <laughs> that being said, we're going to wrap it up, Nicole. This was truly, I think that epiphany moment on the third item you shared was a big thing for me. Um, oh, good. And I'm going to... I hope I'm that helps send, other people too. I hope so too, because it really is, um, I think it's appropriate whether you're just starting or whether you've been in practice a long time. And that's, that's a great thing. So yes. thanks, Nicole. I will talk to you very soon. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> thanks so much for coming on. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. I have to say that was a really fun episode for me to record because it's the first one where I didn't really know what the topics were going to be. So I have so many takeaways from that, even though I work on a day-to-day basis with Nicole. I learned so much from her, from hearing her insight and from hearing what she has learned from talking to so many different practitioners over the years and the work that she does. For me, my action steps. So if you're new to the podcast at the end of every episode, I encourage you to take action on something that you have learned in the episode. It can be a tiny, small thing, or it can be something really big that you're going to do. For me, there were a couple of things from this episode. I really was reminded of the importance of reviewing my standard operating procedures. So especially with all of this upheaval due to coronavirus, we really have some new systems needing to be put in place for the way that my business is pivoting. And so I want to review those and update those with Nicole and help other people create their own operational systems in my Business Bedrocks coaching program. That is a huge thing I love to do is help people get systems in place because the way that your brain feels rested and in control and comforted by having a system is just transformational as an entrepreneur. So that's the action step for me. And the other thing that was a huge takeaway for me, not so much an action step, but maybe it is. Maybe it's something that I take action on on a daily basis when needed. It's a mindset thing, right? The idea that success does not look the same for all people. That was a huge thing for me. And right after I recorded this episode, I even shared an Instagram story about it. If you want to follow me there, it's at Laura Park Fig. And I really was reminded in this interview with Nicole that I need to define my own idea of success for my business. 
that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a millionaire, right? Like not all people are motivated by money. I kind of am, sort of, <laughs> but but not everyone is. You know, other people might really be motivated, excuse me, by the the impact that they have in their community. And so really thinking for yourself about what is your definition of success, your own personal definition, and write that down. Write down what your values are. Write down what you feel like success looks like for your business and let that define your own feelings about your business so that you do not have to compare to other people. It helps with the comparison to get game, right? We all naturally do that. Our human brains compare. We want to compare. And I think often with social media, we can feel like we come up short no matter what. You can always find someone who's doing more or better than you are at whatever, right? And I think if we have our own definition of success defined, that really helps guard us against that tendency we have to compare ourselves to other other people and helps us keep our own values and our own version of success in mind. So I just love that. And it was super helpful to me because part of entrepreneurship is creating the life that you want so that you love your life. And that is why I do everything I do for OT entrepreneurs, because I want OT practitioners to be running businesses that ultimately let them love their life more, tapping into their passions, doing what they love, and defining their own version of success. So I hope you guys have some great takeaways from this episode. I hope you're not making these mistakes in your own business, or maybe that you can avoid these mistakes now that you've heard this episode. So remember... The way I always end the episode, because I believe it with all my heart, take a small step. It does not have to be a giant leap, you guys. Take a small step, because small steps make great gains over time. So until next time, mind your OT business.